I'm Rehard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 249, for the week starting 27 January 2019. Talk Central is brought to you by techcentral.co.za. WhatsApp the show, 71 On Talk Central this week, Facebook to integrate the WhatsApp, Messenger, and Instagram backends. Hmm. Hmm, indeed. Also on the show, Vodacom's miserable fourth quarter, Nasper spends big on classifieds, and reports suggest Facebook knowingly duped game-playing kids and their parents out of money. Facebook, I don't know. It's Sunday afternoon. We're live streaming at live at techcentral.co.zn, and it's time to talk everything tech. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rechart? How's it, Duncan? Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about Facebook today, looking at the show notes. But before we do that, let's do our quiz. Uh, the first question, which U.S. private equity investor this week bought a majority stake in South Africa's data center operator, Terraco? And Nasbash is spending almost $1.2 billion. That's about 16 billion rand. Buying full control of which Russian online classifieds website? Hmm, classified, yeah, that's an interesting one. So, uh, third mean. question, yeah, it is. Uh, third question, which UK headquarter telecommunications group said last week that it will suspend purchases of Huawei gear for its core networks in Europe? And Microsoft's Edge browser, and this is a funny one, last week started flagging <laughs> which well-known international news website as fake news? <laughs> well, is it? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> it seems a bit weird, like a weird site. And the final question, which South African bank is introducing QR code payments for merchants and customers in its banking app? That's quite a cool story. Yeah. Right. As always, we'll get to the answers to the quiz at the end of the show. But let's dive into this week's news. And um, lots of Facebook. Uh, let's, let's talk about the, the big news that emerged towards the end of the week. And that was that uh, Facebook is planning to integrate the WhatsApp Messenger and Instagram backends. This means, in effect, that people on Messenger will be able to uh, send messages, share messages with people on WhatsApp and on Instagram, which I thought was mm. a bit of an odd one. Mm. What do you make of this, Rehat? It's a big no. It's an easy one. I mean, the, the reason why we love these uh, platforms separately is because they – I mean, there are certain things I post on Instagram, photographs that, that I don't show on, on the other platforms. You know, there's a reason for it. It's different audiences, different people that follow you on there. Um, or that you follow, you know, it, it, they they serve different purposes. Um, and I mean, one of the worst things that happened with Facebook on, on Facebook Mobile was that pop up, that round pop ups that happen on your screen. I mean, those things are just terrible. Oh, in Messenger, um, the, <laughs> yeah, on oh. Messenger. I mean, it is ridiculous. And I, I mean, and it's not, it doesn't. That kind of messaging system doesn't even work within Facebook. So I mean, I can only imagine the headaches it's going to cause. Um, yeah, if I mean, people can cross message. I mean, if but why also would you want to? Uh, it doesn't make really much. I don't understand. I, I maybe understand WhatsApp and Messenger because um, interoperability between messaging apps is actually a good thing. Uh, the one I don't understand is Instagram. Um, now you can talk to people on Instagram using direct messages. I don't do it, um, but that's all going to be integrated into one backend, which presumably is going to take one hell of a lot of work to do. Mm. Um, I'm a huge fan of WhatsApp. I hate Messenger. Um, yeah. Uh, Messenger, so maybe maybe the merging of those two could be a good thing. I mean, because then you don't, then you can uninstall that. Get rid of, get rid of Messenger. Thing, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there's been suggestions that perhaps one of the reasons that Facebook is doing this uh, is that it's going to make it much more difficult uh, for regulators to break the company up at some point in the future. Mm. Um, if you're integrating 
and tightly integrating them all from a technical perspective. And then the Department of Justice or uh, one of those American uh, government agencies that uh, looks at antitrust, I think the other one's the Federal Trade Commission, mm. comes along, does an investigation and says Facebook is too powerful, it has to be broken up. One of the things it could choose to do is to split out WhatsApp or Messenger from the rest of Facebook. And if they're tightly knitted together, then it would be much more difficult for, for the antitrust authorities to come in and break up Facebook. But you're right. I think that it, it, I see much more reason in WhatsApp, you know, WhatsApp and Messenger, Facebook, um, you being able to do to do that because mm. you know there's kind of similarities there, especially for, well for me as as a user. But mm. Instagram should be kept separate. I mean, Instagram is being used as a messaging app by a lot of young people. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of data on that. That uh, you know, it's 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 a messaging platform for a lot of people, I guess. And obviously, Facebook is seeing this. And 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 um, also, I think it's it's also another reason why they want to integrate Instagram. Um, might not make sense to us, but I think they're seeing a lot of users using it, and maybe they want they're trying to make use of that or exploit mm. that. Mm. I wish there was interoperability between all instant messaging apps. I mean, I wish as a WhatsApp user I could send a message to someone on Skype or someone on WeChat, for example. Uh, but, but you can't do that, um, and it's problematic. And I think, it, I think that lack of interoperability actually leads to these platforms becoming entrenched. I mean, you've got no option other than to use WhatsApp, right, because everyone's on it. You can't, yeah. you can't not be on WhatsApp. But WhatsApp makes sense because it replaced SMS in here, essentially. It, it, it works on your cell phone number. So, you know, again, only people that have your actual number will be able to chat to you on WhatsApp. The other platforms are a little more vague in, in that sense. Mm. Um, I guess it also depends on what happens when uh, – if, if somebody doesn't follow me on Instagram but somehow wants to send me a message, how does that system work? Um, can I easily filter that out? Mm. Um, I'm sure you will be able to. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think Instagram should be lobbed into that same. Um, I mean, we know we know that how how they want to. We know Facebook wants basically Instagram on its own platform. Uh, if it could do that, without a doubt, we know. We know. Um, I mean, maybe this says something about the future of Instagram that we're not seeing here at, at the current point in time. I mean, we see Instagram as a photo sharing application. Perhaps this tells us that Facebook sees Instagram as so much more than that, 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 that it actually sees it becoming a full-blown social network in its own right and, um, and, and sees it as a, as, a, as a way that people are going to communicate in the future like they do on, on WhatsApp or Messenger today. Well, I would argue it's already doing that. It is, to and some that's extent. That's why people, people love it so much for what it is because it's, it's simple in its um, – you know, you follow people visually based on their photographs and kind of what they share. Yeah. If if you I think if you mess with that system it's it's uh, it, I mean it's we've seen it with all the other, other social media platforms as soon as um, they start adding some things and integrate it here and there mm. you know it could become messy and, and take away that that veneer that we all love yeah um, and I know a lot of so, uh, Instagram users are very passionate about that you know the, as soon as remember there was a change they claim it was an accidental switch but that for a day or so you were you were only able to flip photographs by swiping sideways on Instagram mm. Mm. and it made like everybody was like what's going on yeah you know complaining on Insta, on Twitter and stuff like that um, and it goes to show how how sensitive that market yes. is so yes. it'll be interesting to see um, you know, if they do make changes, but I, I agree with you, they they do see a lot of value in it, and, yeah. and there is definitely a lot of it is it is uh, the go to social media app for I think mm. um, most uh, young people these days. What messaging apps do you have installed on your phone right now? 
out of interest. Let me, let, me, let me grab my phone. Okay, so WhatsApp is the one that I use the most. Me too. Um, I do have Messenger, but that's only because family like to talk on it. Um, uh, then I do have uh, – well, let me flip to the screen. Where was it? Um, what was – what is that secure one? Telegram. Telegram is the one that I have. All right. I do have Skype on here, but I don't ever use it. I don't think I'm even logged into it. And that is all. That's it. What, okay. do, what do you have? So I've got Messenger Lite, um, which is only available on Android. Uh, that's just a mm. very pared down version of Messenger because I, I hate the full blown messaging app on, on, uh, on um, messaging app on Android. It's just mm. so such a big piece of software and bloated and horrible. Um, so Messenger Lite is, while not entirely desirable, is better. Um, I've got WhatsApp, of course, which is a messaging app I use the most. I'd say ninety percent of the time. Uh, the app I use second most is Signal. Um, uh, and I was seeing more and more people joining Signal. Um, I'm on a group on Signal, active group on Signal. So Signal is similar to Telegram, right? It's just a secure Signal you go on a phone number system. Signal is the same. It's a company called Open Whisper Systems, and they they develop the end-to-end encryption technology that WhatsApp uses. Um, so they sell that to WhatsApp. Um, so it's the same basic uh, encryption system. Platform, but it's not owned by Facebook. So I think that's why some people prefer it. Um, it's How do you add people? Just via number or via email address? It's ba- based on your. Account. It's also some SIM card based. So you, uh, you, um, it's the same as WhatsApp. Really, it works the same oh, way. Okay. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles of, of WhatsApp. It's not meant as. I think it's meant more as a communication, business communication tool. People, journalists yeah. use it. Politicians use it. When I open up my signal, I see who's online. I see a lot of politicians. I see a lot of journalists. Um, so, okay. it perhaps suggests that it's that it is really secure if um, people who and, and it's typically politicians and journalists who want mm. to communicate in that sort of private way, uh, and bus- and top business people, I suppose as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm using, I've got an SMS app, although I never use that anymore. I get SMSs, but they're usually just from my bank or spam. Yeah, um, no, verification and spam. Yeah. Uh, I use Signal to make phone calls, actually. It's quite good at that. Um, Skype, I've got that installed as well. also don't use it that often. There's one or two people I message um, message on there um, because they're not on uh, – well, they're on WhatsApp, I suppose. But um, when I'm at my desk, I, I tend to chat to people from time to time on Skype. And, of course, I use Skype for uh, for recording podcasts sometimes when I'm doing interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's WhatsApp, and, and I'd say WhatsApp definitely first, um, followed by followed by Signal. And I, I used to have Telegram on my phone, but I've uninstalled it because no one I know uses it anymore. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't, it's, I don't because you use it once or twice for Novelty, and then after yeah. that's what I found. WhatsApp, everybody kind of just uses, so becomes the default. I'll, I'll inst- I've installed Signal now. Let's, uh, I'll see. But again, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll default back to WhatsApp unless there's a need, you know, unless yeah. I've got a paranoid friend yes. um, <laughs> who doesn't want to communicate like anything me. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Duncan, let's share those show notes for next week's podcast. It's top secret. <laughs> Only on Signal. Um, Only on Signal. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm seeing a lot more people on Signal now. I'd say, um, well, actually, I don't know, maybe a 20th of my address book is on there now, whereas on WhatsApp, I suppose it's 90% or more. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's network no, it effects, right? Sense. It's network effects. Mm. I mean, one, once everyone starts using a particular platform, and I don't know how WhatsApp became that platform. It, it, it wasn't always that platform. I mean, we, it sort of goes through phases. There were there, 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 mm. there are times when certain messaging platforms are dominant. Um, in the old days, in the 1990s, it was, of course, ICQ. 
Um, although mm. there were competitors around at that time. And then Google Talk became quite big in the... I loved Google Talk. In the noughties, and then Google completely messed it up. Yeah. Uh, they integrated it with some other stuff. Well, they, they, what's big- they got rid of it and turned it into Hangouts, which was an abortion. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that was a problem. But uh, WhatsApp, I remember, became very popular at the time that SMSs and date or, or data became a thing on phones, and people just realized, well, yeah. okay, so what? Eighty cents an SMS versus virtually yeah. nothing on WhatsApp. Yeah, I'll switch. Yeah, <laughs> and other operators didn't like that at all. I mean, they wanted to do you know. Uh, I can't remember. They wanted to do a few things to limit what WhatsApp was able to do on their networks, mm. but yeah, that never worked. I'd love to uh, see good old days. I'd love to see a map of of which messaging app is the most popular around the world. A world map just showing the most popular messaging apps. I, I think in most many countries it's going to be WhatsApp, but you'll find in, yeah. in other places it's not necessarily the case. I don't think WhatsApp is dominant. Well, it certainly didn't used to be dominant in uh, in the US. I know at one point Skype was uh, the biggest way people communicated on their phones. Um, I've got a list here, actually, from 2018. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's have a look. Um, whoa. Oh, stupid ads. Sorry, just got blasted into my earphones here. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. This is from the website Inc.com, um, September 2018. So it's a relatively new top seven messenger apps in the world um, by country. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a map, so you probably want to go check it out. I'll share, for you, share the link with you. You can just go search on Inc. Uh, but WhatsApp is definitely the most popular globally, not in America. Though. In America, North America, it seems uh, Facebook Messenger is the most okay. popular. Right. South America, South America, it's definitely WhatsApp. Africa and most of uh, what most of the large European continent is WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Uh, China is WeChat, of course, or Asia at least. Australia is Facebook Messenger. Uh, Madagascar, Australia, and, and New Zealand are all uh, Facebook Messenger. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Madagascar. Yeah, and then there's Telegram in a few uh, what's Russia. this uh, East African countries and some Middle European, maybe Dubai area, what the uh, Emirates area. Sorry, the map is very small. Uh, it's Telegram. And then there's a few... What is that? Oh, I can't even see. Line. I don't Line. Know oh, that's Line. a ja- Line. Korean or Japanese thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. That is also in the far Korean side of the world. Yeah. Um, so it's the top three. Definitely WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and WeChat. Then Viber, Line, Telegram, Viber? and IMO. I haven't heard of Viber in years. Viber, yeah. Fairly popular due to its encryption and secret chat feature. Viber is especially popular in countries like... Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Belarus, Armenia. Interesting. Makes Very interesting. Sense, yeah. But WhatsApp dominates the world. Yeah, WhatsApp with, without a doubt. With Messenger close behind. No wonder they want to integrate <laughs> the two. <laughs> it also makes sense. I mean, you can I mean, you can chat with people all over the world, right, with just having their number and a little bit mm. of data. It, it's it's the most it's the cleanest way of doing it. Even and to be honest with you, I I'd, it, it's it, I do like some of the features that it's got, but it doesn't you know it doesn't. Uh, I'm sure it can improve. Um, mm. But as a basic ch- chat, it's definitely got all the basics covered. I think. Yeah, that's interesting. So Facebook number, Facebook Messenger number two, WhatsApp number one, both both owned by Facebook. These two are now going to be integrated, so you can send messages between the two. Does this uh, entrench? Will this in- move entrench Facebook as a monopoly in in global chat? A near monopoly. Oh yeah, I mean it's already it's uh, it's already a, the social media giant. It makes sense to have that under its uh, mm. little repertoire of uh, you know, awards as well. You know, having um, 
all basically the world's population talking. It's it's a bit of a worrying thing if you think about it. Now everybody's talking over one platform. Yeah, I'm just wondering um, how the bad vulnerability it, is. Is yeah, how bad is this? I mean, yeah, um, you know, it's it's an interesting one. Um, has Facebook Messenger had end-to-end encryption, or I, I think that it hasn't in the past? And the plan is to give end-to-end encryption across all three platforms, which is a positive thing. Only WhatsApp, I think, has had it until, until now. Mm. Um, that's not necessarily a good thing for Facebook because it's not going to know what you're talking about, uh, and therefore can't yeah, advertise so, to you. Yeah, which is which is good for us, though. Yeah, mm. yeah. But I think it also it it does put them uh, for for them not to be able to give out that information when governments ask. I think also makes it a lot easier for them just to say we can't. You know, yeah. there's no ways we can give it to you. Yeah. Um, but I see what's interesting. The um, Facebook Messenger's average open rate is seventy to eighty percent. The engagement. I mean, that's very high. So mm. obviously, there's people are using it. Yeah. Um, it's the app I yeah. use the most on my phone. To be honest, I mean, WhatsApp. I have it open. I use it all day. Mm. In fact, I, yeah, I, look, in- I'm running the web version on my PC because. You know, I don't even send e- – many cases in the past where we would have sent an email, I sent a WhatsApp mm. instead. Um, That's you, true. I mean, It goes through quicker. Sorry. You know when it's been read, etc. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I, I find that the companies that I work with, they, dev, they have their little groups, internal groups, and mm. then it's the best way to, to communicate. Um, and even uh, some of them use Slack, but I don't like it. You know, WhatsApp still trumps. I think it's just for easy convenience and also for archiving because a lot of these chats, you know, especially in the business terms – there's just a lot happening. So being yeah. able to search it and, and tracking what happened and, and just getting that information out there. Makes sense for um, small groups. Makes I think, sense. I think for big corporations, you need something like Slack. Oh, because, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm talking about 10, 10 groups, yeah. small businesses. Yes, yes. But it's interesting times. Um, Facebook has obviously had a terrible 12 to 18 months, um, and there is growing there are growing calls out there for the company to be broken up or at least antitrust to start to have a look at how powerful they're becoming. And mm. Um, mm. and, and you, you wanted to talk about a, a story about – related story on this. And, uh, there have been reports over the last few days that Facebook knowingly duped game-playing children uh, and their parents out of money. What What is that about? Yeah, I mean this unfortunately just goes to show that <sighs> – like I was saying before, that you know, it's, it, you, maybe you can obviously blame Facebook for this, but there's definitely people in a toxic uh, environment within there that's just, you know, let's make as much money as what we can off kids. What did they do? But rec- records as part of a class action lawsuit focused on how Facebook targeted children in an effort to expand revenue for online games such as Angry Birds, Petville, um, and Ninja Saga. So essentially what, what happened was um, – even the company's only employees kind of gave the company warnings that it made it too difficult for children or it made it too easy for children to um, spend money on their parents' credit card when they do these games. And they didn't know. So, for example, you would play a game. Mm. You can buy something for a dollar. Your mom says, okay, cool. Yeah, you use a credit card. You can get it. Well, then it's the parents' fault. Is it? <laughs> no, no. But, but So, the problem is it was a one-off thing. So, that in one-off instance was fine. But ah. the game didn't let you know that it kept doing it or – you know, as you progress, you had to buy more stuff. It didn't make it made it easier for the company to make money and more difficult for the person. Even people that knowingly put their credit card in got duped because they didn't know how much they were spending. Right. Um, and you know, getting refunds on these um, the, kind of this was also very difficult. Now, the the worrying thing is, and I'm laughing kind of just out of I can't understand how they could do this, but these children 
I mean, some of the children racked up to $6,500 worth of charges in over two, two weeks, right? These, cho- these children were referred to as whales in the gambling term by some of the Facebook employees. So, I mean, clearly they knew that, like, okay, we are going to make some cash. And I'm sure there was um, uh, incentives, you know, if, if we make more money, then your, your incentives go up or something like that. I'm yeah. sure there was, because why else would you do this, right? Yeah. Unless it comes from, from a higher up. Uh, yes. But yeah, so essentially, children were spending hundreds of dollars. Two weeks, three weeks later, the the, the you know the um, bulls are credit off. card bull comes. Mm. Poor kid gets um, uh, what gets given a hiding. Oh, they can't do that anymore. But uh, gets sent to their room, <laughs> and they didn't know that they were actually you know they didn't yeah. do it maliciously. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said, making it very difficult for the money to be uh, returned. You know, there's no, there wasn't initially a very easy process to follow um, well, i'm sure facebook claimed that the money is theirs because the kid was clicking on buy buy buy, well, buy exactly buy. exactly and also this game companies involved too so well, it's not always directly facebook I, mm. well it is facebook but i guess they just channeling the money so you know will the will the company that makes mm. angry birds refund the money for example yeah uh too um look it, it's 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 not good in a, just to segue to something else um, for a second, um, MasterCard said it's going to kind of prevent these type of things because it's that. going to it's, yeah, set limits on this. So I think we're getting we're getting some solutions from the other end, which is good because credit card companies also need to um, keep an eye on how things get spent, I guess, and make it easy for us as uh, credit card users mm. not to get taken for a ride, mm. to have our own kind of checks in place. Mm. But the fact that you know, Facebook knowingly did this, you know, or they, they, you know, the people that were involved with this, yeah. that group or that um, that team, called children whales, knowing that they would bring in lots of money, or they have brought in lots of money, yeah. um, and not not going, okay, they, their parents probably don't know that they're spending this much, right? Yeah, yeah I suppose there's a message it's to very bad. There's a message to parents here as well. Watch what your kids are doing. Don't give them your credit card to buy tokens in games. Um, mm. Isn't no, supposed sure, to be at least sixteen years old to be a Facebook user anyway, or was it thirteen? Uh, that's a good question. They're talking about twelve-year-old kids here, so maybe it is thirteen. Um, I don't know. Maybe in the states it's different. But still, I mean, y- yes, you should be more vigilant. But again, they shouldn't. You know, if, if money just gets taken off and you don't know that these games. And, and unfortunately, there's so many mobile games that do this. Mm. You you have to spend money to progress and, yeah. and kind of buy things that actually um, make a physical difference in the game. Stuff yeah. like uh, PUBG, for example, the stuff that you buy doesn't make yeah. you know doesn't change the gameplay. It's just visual stuff, and I think Fortnite's the same. These games, uh, it's very it's very similar to the illicit drugs industry, isn't it? Your first, oh yeah, your it's first, gambling. Your first hit is free. You know, download mm-hmm. the app for free, play it for free. Uh, oh, you want to go anywhere? No, you need to pay. Oh, you want, oh you're enjoying that. Oh, you've got to pay more. Get the better stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like illicit drugs. <laughs> oh, no, it's very much the same. And there's been, um, in the States as well, there has been a few, there's been a few YouTubers that's also been called out. And there's some big issue around this where online, it's, it's kind of, it's 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 essentially gambling, but they say you go onto a website and you put in like let's say five dollars and you could win one of these things for whatever game or whatever. What could yeah. be a real world thing? Yeah. Um, but they call it mystery boxes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's essentially gambling, right? So you just have to put money in and you could win something. Um, yeah. And they catch kids like this on the – so some YouTube channels with a lot of young audiences, those guys advertise um, to those kids knowingly, knowing that they're going to be doing it, um, using their mother's credit card and yeah. – Oh, sure. through trying to win something, but obviously it's all rigged because it's digital, right? Yeah. These guys are just out to make money. I'm sure, I'm sure the vast majority of the kids doing this know that they're spending mommy's money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, credit hey, cards. We don't care. So Look easy. at that. We get an extra whatever it is. Be bye, bye, mm. bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's too late. Once the money's spent, I mean, how many people will actually know that they've got some sort of recourse? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. We'll be we'll watch the outcome of that case. It's a class action lawsuit, is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, look, I mean, it doesn't. With everything that's happened with Facebook, I can't really, I can't really tell anybody that Facebook's a good platform. I use it for work, unfortunately, and I do enjoy being connected with people on it. But mm. it's not a good platform, um, yeah. unfortunately. I'm using it less and less. I, I actually still, I still read it a lot. You know, when if I'm in a queue or something or killing time, I'll fire up either Twitter or Facebook and and. Mm. and mm. And I still post quite a lot to Twitter, but Facebook, I've actually, I don't can't remember the last time I posted on there. It must have been weeks and weeks ago. Look, it's fantastic to stay in contact. I mean, a lot of family and friends that I don't see often, and you kind of see what they're up to. Follow, yeah. you know, follow the people that you know. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I think also we're seeing what, what the real issues are with a world that is on a digital platform yeah. virtually, you know, where most of our lives happen in a virtual platform. Um, especially in communication or what we share. So, I mean, we can talk for hours about all those issues, but I think we need to, we need to, as a society, go through all these things and, if, you know, kind of certain things will stick and certain things won't. Unfortunately, yeah. with digital, it's a lot more difficult to spot the bad. I mean, we know what fake news does and this credit card issue with Facebook. I mean, these are all real things, teething issues, so to speak. Mm. Um, it's going to be a long time before we actually have a properly running where everybody's happy kind of social media network. Mm -hmm. But I must say Instagram and Twitter is, I, I love those. Those two are, I, I consume a lot of those. And mm -hmm. um, because you follow the people that you want, you know, if you don't like something, you unfollow it and then mm -hmm. you move on. Um, mm -hmm. Where Facebook is a little different. You kind of get thrown stuff. So stuff gets thrown at you mm -hmm. um, a lot more than those other platforms. I know a lot of friends who have actually uninstalled Facebook off their phones and they say it's made their lives better. Uh, they still they still access Facebook, but they, it, when they do so, it, it's it's very deliberate. They sit down in front of their computer to access it rather than firing it up because it happens to be on their home screen on their phone. Yeah, look, I, I can appreciate why people do that, but I would say just self self restraint, right? It's convenient to have it on your phone because you're not always in front of your PC. So if you do want to check something and yeah. you're sitting in a restaurant, or you know, I use it often, you know, if I want to you know, check something. There is a lot of good data on Facebook. Um, so if you want to do a quick search on, let's say, a restaurant, see if it's good or bad, Facebook's a good place to go. So you don't want to like limit yourself by not having access to that. True. If you want to use that in that in that fashion. True. Um, but with with um, uh, with you get apps now, and I know the Huawei's can do it. This this uh, May twenty, um, but you can you can limit apps. So if you do, if you want to only spend an hour a day on it or thirty minutes, just limit it, and then it won't open after that. Oh really? I haven't. <laughs> you know? I haven't tried that functionality. That's quite cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah um, that's a solution. But, yeah, look, I can, uh, uh, people, are, I guess people come to Facebook for different reasons and they get different things out of it. Mm -hmm. Again, it depends on who you follow and what content you engage with. If you engage with terrible content on the Internet as a whole, I think also your experience on Facebook and the social networks are slightly different. True. All right, uh, let's take a quick ad break. We'll be back in just a moment.
Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity. For business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. Are you a search engine? Because you found me. I feel we have a strong connection. Well, you're pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Should we drop it like a hotspot and head back to yours so we can show Max and snuggle? Let's get giga with it. Uh, but I don't have fiber. Don't get caught in 50 shades of delay. Broadband your horizons and switch to Vox's super fast, super reliable fiber network. Experience the momentum. Connect your world. Visit us at vox.co.za forward slash fiber. Well, welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehart? How's it, Duncan? Good, thanks. Uh, let's move away from Facebook now. Yeah, and, please. I've yeah, got enough. I'm going to install enough my Facebook. Facebook right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk a bit about um, Vodacom's numbers because these were really interesting. So they, they mm. published a quarterly update uh, for the um, three months end of 31 December 2018. And they were surprisingly poor in South Africa. They're international operations, so they've got operations in places like Tanzania, the DRC, Lesotho, Mozambique. Uh, and, of course, they own a big stake in Safaricom up in Kenya. Those businesses did pretty well. But in the South African market, their um, their uh, service revenue declined. And I think this might be the first time it's ever done so. It fell by 0.9%. Um, or flat when adjusted for the transition between national. Uh, you're right there, Rachat. You're hacking away. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I've, got, I've just got something in my lungs. I don't know what it is. Oh, shame. Do you need to take a break and get some water? No, no, I'm cool. I did okay. turn down my mic. I'm surprised to hear that. Heard that. <laughs> um, I was just saying that uh, service revenue declined, and I think it's the first time it's done this. Um, it was uh, even. Uh, it would would have been flat if uh, they hadn't had the knock-in impact of Cell C cancelling their roaming agreement with Vodacom, and they still haven't pulled across Telcom onto their network. So Telcom is going to be roaming with them soon. Um, revenue fell by 1.3% uh, following lower growth in equipment revenue, with device sales negatively impacted by the weaker rand against the dollar. Um, they did manage to grow their subscriber numbers by 5.4%, um, but d- data revenue growth was also flat, which is a worry. Um, that's the area they really should be growing. Uh, voice was negative. Voice revenue was negative. Uh, they were blaming uh, some summer campaigns that they ran in the lead up to Christmas, uh, which offered a huge amount of value apparently to their customers. Um, and so this might be a once-off contraction. Um, but Vodacom's share price fell by 7% on the day and I think another 2% or so the following day. And the whole market was – the whole telecom sector was dragged down with blue label telecoms falling to um, very close to – multi- I think it may have even hit a, a, a new low. Um, certainly at the, the lowest it's been in many years. MTN also took a smack as did telecom. And I think this uh, really shows us that um, the mobile industry in South Africa is um, is quite mature now. Um, not only that, I think, of course, the economy is in a bad state and people just don't have disposable income. And that also, um, I think, impacted impacted these numbers. But uh, just generally, mm. not not good numbers from, from Vodacom in South Africa. Um, and, of course, these companies uh, are trying desperately to um, – uh, to come up with ways of competing with what they call the OTTs or the over-the-top 
providers, just a technical mm-hmm. jargon term for companies like Facebook and Netflix and Spotify and stuff. Um, but they haven't really been very successful. Um, Vodacom says it signed up 700,000 paying customers to its video play service. Um, sure, that's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, uh, question is, how, you know, how much revenue What's is that? Yeah. Yeah. It is, a, it is a, it's quite an impressive number given it hasn't been in the market for all that long. Mm. Um, I guess people sign up, check it out, and then, you know, unsubscribe after either the trial or after, you know, they realize that they've watched what they wanted to watch and they go back to Netflix or something. Yes, yes. But uh, not great numbers from, from Vodacom. It's going to be interesting to see how they do and in the next uh, little while. Of course, we've got results coming out of Blue Label soon. I think their uh, financials are to the end of January. Um, MTN should be out so soon as well. Their uh, year end is December, so we should see that by early March, I would guess. I think they normally report around the 8th, 9th, 10th of March. Um, and um, yeah, we should see the numbers from uh, from uh, Cell C as well uh, coming in the next month or so. Uh, so it'll be, be interesting to, to compare those and see how they've done. I'm also very interested to see Telcom's latest numbers. Um, we're not going to see those for a while, though. Uh, Telcom mm. reports to the, I think it's full year is to the end of March, so we'll probably only see those in late May, early June. Um, but I, I suspect Telcom is uh, winning customers over from uh, from the other operators with their very aggressively priced free me plans. Yeah, you're still a fan of that. You are you still on? I'm uh, still on Telcom. Contract? I'm still on Telcom. And is it? I mean, do you still see the value in it? You know, no, the pricing that. not changed uh, over the last. Uh, the pricing was uh, cut. I um I was on I'm on the free me 20 gig plan and. Uh, I needed to renew my contract, um, or I wanted to get a new handset, and they put me on a cheaper plan. So I was paying five ninety nine uh, for my service contract uh, mm-hmm. before. That was a twenty gigabytes of data and effectively unlimited calls. I think fifteen hundred minute on fifteen hundred minutes a month of of off net calls, which I never use. Um, and they cut the price. They, there was a promotional thing happening late last year. They cut the price to four hundred ninety five rand a month for twenty gigs of wow. mobile data. Um, and of course, there's data rollover now as well. Um, I did something cool, by the way. Um, so, you know, Vodacom offers um, this thing called a TwinSIM. I think MTN might offer it as well. Yeah, I've got one of those. You've got a TwinSIM. Yeah, now, yeah, Telcom yeah. doesn't offer a TwinSIM functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to phone a cheap to go running with a cheap phone. You know, I do a lot of trail running. and I didn't want to take yeah. my um, my expensive primary phone with me when I go trail running. I have been mugged before, and I don't want to be mugged again. Or I certainly yeah. don't want to lose my my uh, expensive uh, handset. So I, I run with a cheapy Android phone, which allows me to stream Spotify and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I, so I thought about getting a, a prepaid SIM from from one of the operators. Um, and, and then I had a brainwave. I remember that Ikasa um, uh, introduced these data expiry rules, um, the, the end user service charter regulations, I think they're called. And one of those, um, one of the regulations in there, which the operators are required to introduce, and Telcom has already done so, they have to introduce it by the end of February this year, is uh, the ability to transfer data to another user on the same network. Um, hmm. So what I did was I went and bought another Telcom prepaid SIM, plugged it into the cheapy phone, went into the Telcom USSD menu on my on my phone. And I transferred a gig of data across to the other SIM, and it worked fine. So, um, what? That's pretty awesome. Without spending and a cent more, without spending a cent more, so I'm still still on my four ninety five rand a month twenty gig plan. I can mm-hmm. just transfer data. They, they only let you transfer up to a gig at a time on the Telcom USSD menus, but that's fine. If you want to transfer two gigs, you just do it twice. Um, mm. And I transferred a gig, and so I, if I went running, streaming music on Spotify, no problems. That is pretty cool. That's a very cool usage. 
And I see they do free WhatsApp calling as well, which is also pretty handy. Up to two gigs, I think, or something. They do, yeah. There's free YouTube streaming. There's free Spotify. I think there's Spotify. Um, but obviously, the only limitation is, uh, you know, where does where's your reception the best, or where's where's the network coverage? Exactly. If, if you don't live in one of the big cities, then um, it's mm. probably not really an option. Although, with Telcom moving to uh, roaming on Vodacom's 4G network, um, that may become an option now. Um, I'm not sure Telcom would want to encourage um, people who don't live within its coverage areas to roam permanently on Vodacom because I'm not sure w- w- whether that makes financial sense for Telcom. We won't know mm. that because we haven't seen the roaming agreement, uh, con- very confidential document. But um, you know, maybe it maybe it does make sense. But even if you live in a rural area um, where there's typically MTN and Vodacom coverage and typically no CLC or Telcom coverage, um, you'll you'll you should be able to access Vodacom's 3G or if it's available their 4G network, um, no problem. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's becoming a little bit more appealing every time you mention it. Definitely. Yeah. There are coverage. There are spot coverage issues. If you're deep inside a building, sometimes it's, this coverage is not as good as um, a Vodacom and an mm. MTN. Um, the coverage is a bit spotty if you go onto the heart train, especially in the tunnels. You you tend to lose signal down there, whereas I think MTN and Vodacom have coverage in the heart train tunnels. But for that inconvenience, occasionally I don't have a signal. If I happen to be in the heart train tunnel, which is not that often, um, it's it's really not an issue. I have I have telecom coverage pretty much everywhere I drive in Johannesburg. Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah, in the major cities, if that's what you know, if that's where you locate it. I'm also, but I am thinking um, for the mobility side of it. Yeah, I'll still stick with my current operator. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really had any issues, so I don't really have a need to change. Yeah, it's well, it's pricing. I mean, I changed from my operator because mm. the operator I was with previously was it was just too expensive relative to relative what Telcom was offering. So I switched across. And I have no regrets of doing so. But, you know, previously I was um, always anxious because I thought I was going to run out of data. I was getting SMSs saying, you need to top up, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to top up. It's almost the end of the month. And I, I just don't want to deal with that sort of thing. Um, so I, I don't mind paying um, what is actually a very good price um, and knowing that I'm actually going to lose some of that data. I'm not going to use some of that data. I don't mind losing some of that data. Mm. Just not to have that anxiousness about running, out, going out of bundle or running out of data. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I like to pay for the privilege of just having a bundle. I know I'm never going to finish, and uh, it's it's like an uncapped connection in effect. And I can do whatever I want. I can stream video. I can mm. when I'm on the go. Mm. I can I can tether the thing, and I I just know I'm not going to run out of data. And it's it's a really nice place to be. Do you know how much data you use per month? It's not. Thing. I haven't even checked yet. It's not a lot. Well, I've got you know I've got fiber. Um, yeah, the problem is with fiber at home, you don't like use obviously everything goes onto the Wi-Fi, right? Exactly. Um, so I don't use a lot, but you know, even on a, a busy month where I'm tethering, I'm out at meetings, press conferences, and that sort of thing, and I'm tethering my phone and I'm streaming a lot and maybe watching videos on the go, I'm still not using more than about six or seven gigs a month, at, at, and that's a real push. Mm. Well, that's on a busy mm. month. Yeah, I think I've also kept at a – I don't go over five gigs. Mm. Um, I usually have a gig over. Yeah. And I do use it, but I think you're right. You need you need it. I mean, with these high-end phones, they do generally – if you open up a YouTube video, it's going to go to 4K. Yeah. 
it's going to use just a little bit more data and it changes nice to have the privilege. It also changes the way you use the internet. Um, on my previous contract, I wouldn't update anything on my phone. I'd wait until I was in the office or in a Wi-Fi area where I can update an app, for example. Now mm. when I'm on the go, Google Play pops up a message saying you have 15 apps available for update. I just hit update. Go for it. No matter where I am, I don't care if I'm on mobile. Just update yeah, it. Yeah. You, yeah, if you want an app or something, a game, you know, just do it. That's yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it happened. Uh, I had a, an Android update uh, on my phone um, not too long ago. And I think the download was 1.3 gigabytes or 1.4 gigabytes. And it was near the end of the month. I knew I had tons of data left. I didn't even think about <laughs> it. I just hit that update button and downloaded one and a half gigabytes of Android updates over the mobile network. And it's usually pretty quick because we get, what, upwards of 14, 15 megs now? I don't know. I think I'm depends where you are. It depends where yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's quite Maybe, no, sorry, even more, actually, 40, 50. The fastest I think oh, yeah, I ever get, yeah, yeah. the fastest I think I ever got uh, on, um, and I stand to be correct here, but I think the fastest I ever got on mobile was an MTN connection where it topped out at eighty-eight megabits a second. Nice. Um, now I'm tempted to do a speed test again just to see, just to make sure. <laughs> Are we going to do a speed test? Because we did this, yeah, uh, we did this on the show two weeks ago, didn't we? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were quite surprised. Um, I was quite surprised at how fast uh, my telecom connection was. Right, let me just switch off Ooh. my Wi-Fi, fire up speed test, and let's see how this goes. Pretty happy with this so far. What are you getting? So my down is was 69, so it's 70 megs down. Wow. Which is more than my fiber, which is good for a backup. I think it's yeah. more than sufficient for backup. Yeah. And your up speed? Uh, it's hovering at about 10. And your ping? Uh, 21 milliseconds. Yeah, that's a decent. 10 mega up on mobile is very good. Um, it usually goes, there's definitely more. It's obviously mm. second, uh, it's just related on whatever's happening, I guess, in the network right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. What is yours? What did you get? So it's it's still busy, but uh, my ping was 14 millisecond, and my uh, download was 40.5 megabits a second, um, which is quite respectable. Uh, my upload mm. upload is a bit disappointing, 2.3 megabits a second. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, but 40 down is 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 good. Yeah, but then we also have fiber, right? But as soon as you step out and you've got, you will definitely get, I mean, you've... You step outside, like yeah. You said, yeah, 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 it's definitely mm. different. Yeah. But... Oh, uh, beautiful. Yeah, Vodacom. Um, I'm interested to know how much of the pain that Vodacom is feeling now is the result of competition and how much is the result mm. of, of the economy itself. And I, I guess we'll, we'll know the answer once we see the results from the other operators. But it's, there's no doubt it's a, it's a tough time out there with... Uh, with the state of the economy as it is. One company that uh, has no problem with cash flows, it appears, uh, or spending cash, um, is uh, Naspers, uh, which has just um, splashed out uh, 16 billion rand, buying something like 26 or 29% of uh, that it doesn't already own of a Russian company called Avito, which is an online classifieds website. Online classified, 16 billion rand for a 20-something percent stake is a heck of a lot of money. Um, I don't understand it, actually. I, um, I mean, if you remember the old days of classifieds, they were in the newspapers. There was no way the newspapers mm. were ever worth that much money. Uh, so what, where, where is the, you know, is, is, the, is the online classifieds market bringing that much more value and that much more revenue opportunity for Nasbash than an old newspaper insert? It must be. 
Yeah, that's very. Look, I mean, this. I was thinking the same thing. Like, where did the where did this thing grow so much? I mean, but if we go back, I mean, Craigslist in the US was definitely one of the first big ones that everybody went like, whoa. Yeah. There's something here. Um, Gumtree obviously was also in that same kind of time frame in South Africa. At least we we started getting that as the alternative. And then there were a few other guys that I remember. What was those weekly guys? Uh, weekly classified junk mail. Junk mail, yes. I, I think that's still around. Do they still do, they still do that? Yeah, that's but they're also a distribution yeah. house now. They do printing distribution. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, do they? Okay. As well, but yeah, they, I think I think there's a few things. Probably people just have more stuff to sell, um, but it's made it a lot easier. Um, mm. And I mean, I've used online classifieds a lot. I buy and sell a lot just because, like, I bought this microphone I'm talking about now. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a keen. Um, I like to keep an eye on things, especially if I'm interested in buying something. I keep an eye on what's what's second and first before I then dive into. And I usually come a, come out with a much better deal. Yes. My camera I bought like that as well. And I think a lot of people just smart uh, are buying smarter now, especially electronics. Um, and yeah, the, you see it. And Facebook's also a big competitor in that. I mean, the, the marketplace on Facebook is huge. Um, a lot of people sell stuff on there. So I think just generally the it market doesn't. is demanding. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 making everybody it's giving everybody the ability to buy and sell something without having a platform. Yeah, um, and a lot of people use it as businesses. Um, take a lot, obviously, allows anybody to sell on their platform. I think. Yeah, I can anybody can use them as a um, a platform to sell products, but or buy obviously another massive one. Yeah, OLX, which but is sixteen billion this. rand, man. Yeah, it's yeah, OLX, obviously. Mm. Um, OLX is huge. In fact, uh, it's, OLX, and, 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 it's OLX that's bought this company, um, this, this Avita business in Russia. Oh, yes. Mm. Now, now, OLX is interesting too. Uh, I, I mean, it's weird. I've never, I've gone to it once or twice and I haven't been back. It's, it's strange. I've used Gumtree probably a lot more than I have OLX. Um, but that's an international company with also massive amount of money going through there. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't understand it myself. But mm. I think what, I think what I said earlier is probably true in that. People finding bargains like to buy and sell stuff um, because th times are tight, right? You don't throw things away. If it's got a little bit of value, people people sell broken stuff too. A lot yeah. of broken cameras, old cameras, because there's value attached to these things. And I think mm. with times being tight, people are just you know trying to hold on to all value. And in fact, and you're right. I think it might money. be it might be a counter cyclical industry in that uh, in that um, websites like those do better when uh, when the economy is tough because people need mm. to sell stuff. <laughs> mm. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm. And I mean, people buy and sell anything. Stuff that you think like is what the heck are these people thinking? Broken mm. fans, like who would ever buy that? But clearly, there's a market for it. You know, ten yeah. rand for this, twenty rand for that. Yeah. Um, it's just the we just seeing a lot more of it because the internet is just so prevalent and everybody it it reaches anybody. Mm. Yeah, interesting stuff. I must try and get an interview with OLX to understand the the business model and uh, mm. where they're going with this thing. But they're certainly not scared to spend money as Naspash, and they've got a lot of money after selling 2% of Tencent for some ridiculously huge amount of money. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, they got out of Flipkart in India, sold that to uh, uh, Walmart, I think it was. Um, so they, they, they're swimming in cash. Um, but let's also not forget, just sorry, in, in closing, there, I, I, I keep forgetting that they, they make a lot of money off advertising too. I mean, these are online platforms. They bring eyeballs. Mm. Um, so there's, you know, they make money, people promoting ads, so they get yeah. pushed to the top and those things. Yeah. Uh, I think, because um, I don't take, I don't think any of these platforms take a, a percentage of the actual thing being sold. So mm. all of their money, there's free ads, and then all their money comes from ads, uh, physical like BMW advertising to that market. 
or people just promoting, promoting their, own, their own ads. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually got something on OLX at the moment that I'm trying to sell, and um, I haven't got any buyers for it yet. Uh, maybe I need to promote it. You should promote it on here, Duncan. Let's tell tell the tell the audience what you want to sell. Maybe there's a buyer. <laughs> Unless it's very embarrassing and you no. don't want to let people know what you're selling. <laughs> no, I'm not selling sex toys. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm looking to sell my uh, Huawei Watch GT. Um, oh right, all right. Um, uh, if anyone wants to buy it, three and a half thousand rand. It's all yours. You uh, should good um, as new. definitely definitely <laughs> do a Facebook Marketplace. I've I've. I've seen a lot of activity on there, and I've also seen a lot of really good price. I've been buying a lot of things on there mm. for my little studio. Um, so I would definitely try that. Um, I would also go the Gumtree route. I've had, you know, they're also great. But the problem is, and I, I do want to say this for anybody using these services, there's a lot of scammers out there. Yeah. A lot of them, especially when it comes to the tech goods. As soon as you put a, a, a technology product on there, a tech product, a gadget, you're going to get, as soon as it goes up, you're going to get a call within the first 10, 15 minutes. Somebody wants to buy it. Um, the other going to want you to do a transfer or send it somewhere, or you know, it's it's usually a scam. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I've posted something, I've there's been a scam attempt. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just something to keep an eye. Be very cautious. Do these do these sites? I mean, I'm not as someone who hasn't really used them extensively in the past. Do they offer protections? I mean, how how do you ensure the person you're meeting isn't going to put a gun to your head and take? Well, apart from some, yeah, it's a problem. I don't. They can't. I mean, mm. it's because it's a it's a person to person. Once they make the contact, you kind of on your own, on right? Your own, because yeah. I'm chatting to that person on. Um, look, you can still have a barrier on some of these. I think where you don't divulge your personal information, so you can only chat on the application. Yeah, but the problem is they. Some of them have messages that say, oh, "Be warned," you know, scams and stuff. But if you read any platform, it pops up every few weeks, every few months. That somebody's been scammed. Right. Um, I don't think it's going to go. In, and I don't think there's. I don't think they're doing anything about it. To be honest with you, because hmm. um, it's still happening. I mean, I got scammed once, uh, probably twelve, thirteen, early two thousands when these things just happened. It was the first and last time that I got scammed. What happened? Um, well, I was selling an old tech device. I think it might have been an old cell phone or something, um, like a pocket PC or something like that. Um, put it online. Guy phoned, said he wants – and this, keep in mind, this was just 2000, early 2000s. Yeah, so um, he made a check deposit, and it cleared on my side, and then I sent the device. But obviously, the check bounced. So, no. yeah, the check bounced in three days, I think it was. No. Um so yeah, it's key lesson: wait for the money to clear after a few days. Obviously, check deposit isn't really a thing now. If somebody wants to do a check deposit, you know it's a, you know it's a yeah. scam. But, but it's also very easy to even, to send a proof of pay, sorry. It's very easy to send a proof of payment that you've mocked up yourself. You know that yeah. it's got you know. So you have to wait for your bank to clear. I do know of some issues where it, I read somewhere recently where it, it cleared in the bank, it cleared in the person's account. Um, but it still got reversed somehow. And you can reverse. I was about to say you can reverse transactions. So yeah, look. I mean, I've only I normally only deal with cash. I don't do any of that. Yeah. I don't do massive things. I mean, I'm talking about 300 rand here and there. Yes. Um, I wouldn't sell a car. But on yeah. That. Yeah. Look. I mean, if you do that, yeah, that kind of thing. If it's anything over a few, you know, if it's anything like ten thousand rand or so, then you want to do a, a bank transfer because you could probably get taken for a ride. Yeah. Um, or somebody could make you. But the best thing is just to meet. I normally try and meet. Close to a bank or at a bank, you know, McDonald's places or a good place to meet. There's a lot of Public people place. around, and usually, mm-hmm. usually your cameras around too. Yeah, um, yeah. But just be cautious, and I think yeah, it's 
if somebody's just trying to buy it too quickly, and these guys usually push, oh, I just, I need it. I'm going somewhere. I, I need to get mm-hmm. this thing from you today, tomorrow. Please send it to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. I think these guys can do more to prevent this type of thing, to be honest with you. It's the easiest thing to set up a sting. I mean, I've often thought about it. I just don't have the time or actually um, I don't really want to um, get into any issues. Yeah, exactly. Put my life in peril. Um, but it could make a very interesting documentary, actually, trying to pin these guys. Maybe one day on a YouTube show I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's uh, it's. But there's, I think there's a lot of money being traded on these platforms because people buying and selling stuff is, is kind of the oldest – one of the oldest things we've done, right? Yeah. Just my junkie or treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah bartering. Um, and especially in tough times, we're seeing a lot of that now. For sure. Interesting discussion. Um, let's move on to our regular features, though. Uh, our winner this week is Terraco Data Environments, of course, the big data center operator. Have you been to their data center on the East Rand? No, I haven't, unfortunately not. It's very impressive. If you ever get a chance to do a tour of it, uh, grab, grab it because it's. Uh, I've been in some data centers, some big ones, uh, so I can only imagine what this is like. Absolutely huge. Very impressive facility. The aircons, the generators, uh, mm. the scale of it is just unbelievable. I love looking at those servers. Just those machines are just <laughs> are beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Just humming away. Mm. <laughs> um, so they've just um, been sold, um, or the majority stake in Terraco has just been sold to a company, US company called Berkshire Partners, based out of Boston. They're a private equity company. Uh, the company selling is Permira Funds. They remain a, an investor. Uh, interesting deal. I don't know too much about Berkshire Partners. Uh, rumor is the deal them the deal was uh, a, well. Permira rather made a huge profit uh, between the purchase. Original purchase of their stake in in uh, in Terraco, uh, I think about five years ago, and now selling it to Berkshire. But the actual numbers haven't been disclosed. There's been some speculation online, but uh, uh, the management team has disputed the the figures that were published in some international publications. But there's no doubt that Terraco is a phenomenally successful business, and um, and uh, they're our winner this week for the Berkshire deal. The Berkshire now is a majority shareholder in Terraco. So well done to the team there. Our loser this week is uh, is Huawei. Um, I think it might be easy to pick Huawei as our loser of the week <laughs> every week uh, at the moment because yeah. of all the troubles they're in. Uh, I'm not sure whether the um, the way they're being treated is fair. Uh, certainly, the, they they don't think it is. Um, and uh, the latest, of course, development uh, just this past week was that Vodafone is uh, suspending uh, purchases of Huawei, purchase and deployment of Huawei um, routers and, and other telecommunications gear in its core networks in Europe. Um, for the deployment of 5G infrastructure, which is a big problem for them. Spoke to Vodacom mm-hmm. about it. They were really hedging their bets. Uh, they sent sent me a, a, a short one-line statement basically saying that uh, um, this uh, is um, a matter in Europe, although they didn't explicitly state that the South African operation is unaffected. I read between the lines that uh, it is unaffected for now. Um, mm-hmm. But, of course, uh, Vodacom is a very big uh, client of Huawei's. Um, and I'm, I'm sure the Huawei management team locally are watching this with uh, with some trepidation. It's interesting times. It's it's really I, I, I really don't think it's anything that Huawei has specifically done wrong. But this is real geopolitics that's happening here, and it's all about the trade war between the U.S. and, and China, and and, uh, and and sort of the global politics of all of this. Yeah, this this seems to be the makings of a really good like thriller movie based on corporate espionage and global politics. Yes. I mean, it, it seems like a Hollywood script, but it's, we're actually seeing this thing unfold. Um, I would love to, I would love to understand what's happening at the core of this thing. Mm. Um, but I do think it's malicious more than, cause in, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't have an opinion. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, ah. my initial thought on this was, was um, you know, this is just uh, uh, jingoism, that this is just America and, and, some, and some of its allies um, mm. going after a company that happens to be the, the defining success of, of Chinese technological advancement. But at the same time, China isn't exactly a democratic state. Um, it yeah. regularly censors um, the Internet. It, it's, it's, uh, it's not a democracy. It's not a – I mean, I wouldn't want to live there uh, mm. under those conditions. It's a – in effect, I mean, it's a it's – I don't know if you can term it a dictatorship, but it's a communist state uh, that, that control, attempts to control its people and what they can say and what they can't say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that China has global ambitions. Uh, we know that, I mean, they've, they've voiced this very clearly through um, on, on multiple platforms and stages. They they have ambitions of being the new world superpower. Uh, and, but, but given the way that they um, censor the Internet, given the uh, oppression that we've seen in China over the over the decades, um, I'm not sure the Chinese government is someone we should necessarily be trusting. And if... The Chinese government were to say to Huawei, you need to do this. Um, you need to put this in your router so that we can spy on this government. Mm. Is Huawei going to be able to say no to the Communist Party? My guess is not. Um, yes. They, they always, but you can they, I mean, it, it, it would be hugely damaging to Huawei if, if, it, if, any of the, if any spyware was ever found in any of the equipment that it ships to, to global telecommunications operators. I mean, it would be the death knell for them. It would, it would probably put them out of business outside of China. Mm. Oh, so yeah. so in that, on, on, on that score, they, um, they absolutely can't do it. And I, I have serious doubts whether they've ever done it in the past. But at the same time, there's also that la- nagging worry that – you know, this is China. They're a Chinese company, and ultimately, they have to listen to what the Communist Party tells them. Um, I, I don't think necessarily think the Communist Party has ever t- told them to do anything like that, um, mm. and may it may never do so. But the, there is that lingering sort of nagging concern that um, this isn't this is not a democracy, and uh, um, you know, there's some, something like this could happen. But uh, my, my feeling is, while, even while I say that, I still think this is jingoism. Well, the reason why I would agree with you leaning towards that is the reality is if China was going to do that, wouldn't it be much easier just to integrate that chip, and I say that in air quotes, on an existing product line that they're manufacturing within the company already? Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? Because like, they manufacture most of the world's tech uh, and from a manufacturing point of view, or mm. at least a lot of it. Um, I would imagine it would be much easier, really, if you just – get a line of iPhones and just pop that stuff in there. I mean, with routers, <laughs> the same thing, you know, yeah. obviously after the, after the quality checks have been done by the States, um, you know, batch 2000 to 10,000 have this, um, they'll be found out. They'll be found out there. Well, that's the thing, but that's why it, uh, that would be a quicker way of doing it than trying to integrate because people will still go through this hardware. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody's found anything on this hardware. Mm. It's an interesting discussion. It's an interesting discussion. I'd love to get one of these um, uh, perhaps Republican lawmakers in the U.S. who's anti-Huawei and been pushing against on the on a podcast at some mm. time to to understand what their concerns are because they're not entirely clear to me. Look, I, if if they're erring on the side of caution, I can totally understand it. Mm. Uh, especially when it comes to the. I mean, we're not talking mobile devices here. We're talking about the equipment that runs the internet. Yeah. These are the backbones. 
And if people are cautious because of China's, uh, you know, history in, 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 and their current situation with, you know, with how they treat their people, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I would, I can kind of understand that point. Um, but unfortunately, the consumer electronics are also going to suffer as a result of it. Mm. It's an interesting time to be alive, isn't it? Um, the world, mm. the world stage is is changing dramatically in our lifetimes, and not clear where it's all going to end up. There was a game called Red Alert that we played a few years ago. Strategy. <laughs> Command and Conquer. Command and Conquer. <laughs> I remember that game. A friend of mine was completely addicted to it. He played 12 hours a day. Mm. It was a good game. <laughs> that told us, taught us a lot about the America-China standoff. Um, right. Maybe we should revisit that. <laughs> Just, how did that turn out? He was, a better, he was a better chess player at the end of the day. And I don't really have much confidence in Trump. No. <laughs> I guess if anybody's going to be um, hard against a communist country, it is going to be Trump, right? Mm. So we really are at the point of a standoff. Um, this is going to be interesting. Very interesting indeed. So let's move on to our picks of the week. Uh, what have you got this week, Richard? So I don't know if you've installed uh, Epic's new game launcher. I have. Everybody's getting everybody's getting into the uh, game marketplace now. Yes. Um, so Epic is the guys that you get when you install Fortnite. That is where they are, um, well, it's based on that platform. Yeah. Um, but they are making, uh, you know, kind of a part of their platform. They're they, uh, giving out free games every month, and there's been a few good titles to date. Now, the one that I'm picking today is, I, th- I think I may have picked this game before, but it's free now for the next, uh, I think, week or two. Um, so I'm picking it again. Definitely well worth checking out. It's called Jackbox Party Pack. And it's essentially, uh, it's kind of the, the game you get when you've got a few friends over and you want to sit in front of the TV and do kind of like uh, interactive games. And these are a lot of fun. Uh, and a lot of a lot of laughs happen when you play these things. You use your phone. Um, your phone then interacts with the server that the game is running on. And kind of everybody can play together. You can actually even stream online and get your audience to also play games oh, wow. along with you. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool what you can do with it. Um, but it's free. It's about $18, I think, for this version, the 2015 version. There's obviously a lot of other versions that you can get to, a lot of other game packs. Um, but just starting and checking it out and seeing if it's for you, definitely worth checking out. And it's free on Epic right now. So is it free to keep or does it expire? Uh, no, free to keep. So with all the games that do like this, they will for a limited time, they give the game away for free. You get it, boom, done. Yeah. If you want to, if you then... Go on a day later, you have to buy it if you want it. But it's going, you, it'll remain yours forever. Oh, I'm just going. They're I'm just using it to entice people to use their platform. Platform. Oh, cool. I'm just going to grab it straight after this podcast. Um, my pick this week is uh, what Twitter client do you use on your PC? TweetDeck. Uh, TweetDeck, yeah, I TweetDeck. love TweetDeck. So I've been using something called Tweetin for Windows uh, just recently, and it's, it basically is just a better TweetDeck. Uh, um, it's a standalone Windows app. You can get this app in the in the Microsoft uh, App Store, uh, and um, it's it's just prettier than TweetDeck. Um, it's uh, what prettier than TweetDeck? I need to get this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Tweetin, T W E E E T E N, and it only runs on Windows, as far as I know. Um, and it's basically, oh, no, it's MacOS. I see on. I'm just looking at their page. There's MacOS. Do they have a Mac available. version? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so there, there we go. Tweetin, and it's it looks very similar to TweetDeck, but the, except it's got more white space, so it looks a bit prettier. And I suppose the other advantage is as well is you don't have to use a web browser, so you don't have it doesn't have to sit in a tab. Ooh, Some people nice. might might like that, uh, but this is a standalone Windows or Mac app uh, that you can pop into your task tray or dock and uh, fire it up when you want to access Twitter. If you don't like the idea of using a browser tab or a browser window to um, to access tweet, 
tweet deck, then um, this might be the solution for you. Uh, and it's completely free of charge. Tweeting for Windows. Check it out if, they, you know, if uh, you're a tweet deck user or you um, think, thinking of upgrading from using basic uh, Twitter on your phone or on the web. I'm going to definitely check it out. I mean, the problem is running it in Chrome, right? Chrome is taking so much resources already. It already is. Anything you can take off it is better. Yeah. And that's our show, apart from our quiz results and our song pick, which is mine this week, and we're going down under for uh – for uh, one of my favorite bands. Uh, but before I suspect it's going to be a hard one, right? A hard song. It is, uh, it is quite loud, yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's do our quiz results first. Um, which U.S. private equity investor this week bought a majority stake in South Africa's data center operator Terraco? And that is, of course, Berkshire Partners. The second question. Asperis is spending almost $1.2 billion buying full control of which Russian online classified site? And the answer is Avito. And which UK headquartered telecommunications group said last week that it will suspend purchases of Huawei gear for its core networks in Europe, and that is Vodafone Group. The fourth question, Microsoft's Edge browser last week started flagging which well-known <laughs> international news website as fake news, and the answer, uh, probably understandably so, is Mail Online. <laughs> Mail Online. Have you, seen, have you been onto that website, Richard? It's, oh, yeah. No, there's some amusing stuff on there. <laughs> uh, Mail Online is now engaging with Microsoft about this uh, about this issue. But I, I lo- what I love about Mail Online is their uh, um, is their headlines, which uh, often mm-hmm. go over like six decks. Um, <laughs> um, we used to call them train smash headlines. Uh, <laughs> so I've just fired up the Mail Online on my phone here. Um, uh, go away. It's got so a entire problem. screen is just for the top. But yeah, you have to ask a question. Where, does it, where do you draw the line between gossip and fake news? <laughs> right? maybe, def- maybe that's what they're going on. Yeah, I mean this is. I mean this is definitely tabloid trash. But uh, mm. yeah, I just fired it up. So their 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 headline is six decks on my phone, exclusive. <laughs> and this is the headline. Oh no, they're back. Traveler family who left a trail of destruction across New Zealand and were branded worse than pigs returned to UK moaning about their holiday from hell. <laughs> <laughs> Next headline. 30 families blame social media firms for their roles in children's suicides as it emerges Pinterest sent a personalized email to Mo- Molly Russell's account with self-harm images after she took her own life. That's a headline. Can you believe it? That's crazy. Uh, anyway, mail online. Um, <laughs> so depend- is it fake news? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> depends on your, your view of the mail online, I suppose. Uh, and the last question in this week's quiz, which South African bank is introducing QR code payments for merchants and customers in its banking app? And I can't wait to try this. It's F&B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the MasterCard, MasterCard, MasterPass system is what they're using, from yeah, what I believe. It and is, that, yeah. yeah. They're standardizing across the platform. There's some interesting things happening. There. Yeah, yeah. That's our show. We're playing out uh, today with one of my favorite bands of all time. It's an Aussie band uh, from Perth, I think, called Carnival. Um, They were supposed to put out a new album a couple of years ago, but uh, they um, kind of went quiet. I'm hoping there's something new coming. But this this is from a 2010 album called Sound Awake and a track called All I Know. And as Rechard warned you, it is quite heavy. So (laughs) if you're not into the hard rock, heavy metal stuff, you might want to tune out now. But if if you like a bit of a rocker, then I hope you enjoy the song. It's one of their best. And from Rechon and myself, until next Sunday, uh, have a great week and we'll chat to you then. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.